It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. A double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Tuesday morning to you, January 3rd. It's 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Happy New Year, everyone. Our first show in 2023. And in typical fashion on our first show, after we've been gone for a while, we're trying to overcome some technical difficulties. But hopefully we will do that. And again, hope everyone had a very wonderful Christmas. We're still in the Christmas season, actually, of course. And a very, very happy New Year. It's kind of odd when New Year falls on a Sunday, kind of throws you off, particularly if you're a, a bowl game, football bowl game, and we're still having some technical difficulties, so we'll see what's happening here. Brenda's going to go to a different microphone and see if we can get it to work on this microphone and see what's happening there, although I don't know if we're going to do that. She's trying. Still working on it. How's that? There you are. Oh my goodness! I am. I've got a microphone stretched from way around the room. <laughs> wow! I, I I apologize for that. I'm not quite sure if you were hearing the buzz. We definitely oh, heard yeah. a really distinct buzz on my microphone. So uh, off to the side with it. That's quite a way to start the new year, David. <laughs> well, Welcome back. Thank you. Nice to be back. How are you? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> as, as you say, typical for a break for us after that long break, the main microphone decided not to work. But uh, hey, it's the first weekend back up. My alarm went off this morning and I went, OK, yeah. New Year 2023. I have already at least twice now written down 2022 when I was writing <laughs> something on the yes. date. Uh, it's going to take us always a few weeks to get that into our minds. I was just looking because off to my left, I have the calendar, the Catholic calendar that's always posted here, and I'm happy someone put the new one up there. So it's like, oh, very nice. Thank the, you for doing that. You're welcome. Yes. Aaron you. had both of them up, but I had to take the 2023 one down because it's a brand new year. Yeah. Hope, full of hope, right? Isn't that what every new year starts with? It is indeed. Did you have any big New Year's resolutions? Uh, not anything new than what I have, uh, always talked about. I think more of the same, uh, I have started though, my new year's resolutions this year. I started with a group of people from Holy Redeemer Parish. I am doing Father Mike Schmidt's catechism in a year. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, uh, my goal is to try to at least keep up there. We're doing, we're listening to it every day, which as of right now, they're just about 15 minutes and he reads a little bit of the catechism and then talks some about it. But we have a weekly meeting, kind of Zoom meeting yeah. where we go over things. So I feel like if I miss something, I'll be able to catch up with it. And we're going to see how far into the year and prayerfully be able to keep this up for the whole year and uh, I'll be brilliant. Yes, yeah, you will I'll be. Re and, and I'll retain everything, right? <laughs> I'm sure you will. Hey, let me thank our wonderful executive director too, Patrick Ryan, for filling in while I was out on vacation. So thank you, Patrick. Did a great job. See, he's an old radio guy. He, he just is. He just jumped right in there, had no <laughs> no issues at all. It was a lot of fun talking, uh, having spending the week with Patrick. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was fun for me because I got to still be the producer and tell him when he could talk and when he couldn't talk, <laughs> and he had right. to listen to me. Uh, the perfect position for me. 
That's wonderful. <laughs> well, you guys did great. And so, again, thanks, Pat. Appreciate you filling in. And here we are starting a new year, 2023, and uh, looking outside in the, the weather. You, you know, when I left whatever it was a week and a half ago on vacation and then we had the ice and snow roll yep. in it's like yeah that was good timing although you guys didn't work on friday you were off friday and that's kind of when it really came down so it that was, was good that, timing for sure that thursday night into friday and as we talked about with patrick here we did recognize i think people on the north side of the river in washington maybe a little bit uh, m- took more time to come yeah. out of it than they did here in Portland. Uh, it was a skating rink, oh, really, boy. for a lot of the area. I'll tell you, it really was. So we'll see what the rest of the year has in store. Winter's really just starting as as we speak, but we'll see. Today looks like just kind of showers, and that's how it's going to be throughout the week. A lot of news to get to today, the passing of Pope Benedict. It's our first opportunity now to be able to talk with that on the show. And we're going to spend time throughout today's show. We've got a a special guest coming up to talk about his legacy. Lots of news from the Archdiocese about upcoming masses. And, of course, news from the Vatican about, you know, how things are going to be proceeding now. His funeral on Thursday. Okay, very good. That is that date. Uh, But, of course, it will be happening I want to say, I think it's midnight local mm-hmm. time. I think it starts at 9 a.m. Uh, Thursday local in uh, Italy. All right. Well, we'll have that for you. Lots of other news. So once again, Happy New Year to everyone as we start 2023. And of course, it is still the Christmas season. So we begin today's show with beautiful Christmas music. Here is the Vigil Project to save us all. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Savior, you came small Savior, you came to save us all Rising me up from the fall Lord, you came to save, to save I saw 
And that is the Vigil Project to Save Us All. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this, i got to think about this now, Tuesday morning. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> That's right, January 3rd, Tuesday, 2023. Well, Father Kubicki is going to join us as he's going to reflect on Pope Benedict. He will do so right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. Get 2023 off to a powerful start with Mater Dei Radio's Hail Mary Media app. Make your resolution to grow closer to Christ in the new year, and we'll give you the tools to achieve that goal, including a huge library of audio, video, and text prayers. You could even set a customized schedule of your personal prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you catch a live broadcast of Mater Dei Radio and access podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, there's unique features in our Catholic Lifestyle section, The Bridge, exciting local events on our interactive community calendar, and much more. Resolve to download it today. Just search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MaterDayRadio.com and follow the instructions. Make 2023 your year to grow closer to Jesus with the Hail Mary Media app. From Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 713 at Mater Day Radio. You know, I noticed on my little news feed that there were a couple of school districts on snow routes this morning. So Yeah, in fact, I did pull this one up. Washougal School District, and when you're on the north side of the river, they're three hours late. They've already announced no Cascadia Tech uh, bus today either. All right, so there you go. Just here in the valley, southwest Washington, looks like just kind of a drizzly, rainy day today, high of 44 degrees. 
That'll increase to 60% chance of showers overnight tonight, low of 36, and then about a 50% chance of rain on Wednesday, a high of 41. And kind of looking through the week, that's kind of what the week's looking like. Kind of a showery mid 40s, <laughs> low th- or mid 30s nighttime lows. So there Check you go. Check that calendar. We yeah. got rain all the way into next week. Yeah. Currently, though, it is 37 degrees at the Proto Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. And 37 degrees at St. Agatha Church in Portland. This is Dina Marie Hale, host of Voice of the Shepherd, with a morning blend faith moment on Matre Radio. On December 31st in Rome at St. Peter's Basilica, Pope Francis led the traditional end-of-the-year celebration of Vespers, followed by the recitation of the Te Deum, the church's solemn chant of thanksgiving for the past year. Meanwhile, the church began to mourn the loss of Pope Benedict XVI, who died earlier that morning. In his homily, Pope Francis recalled the great kindness, witness of faith and prayer of his predecessor, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, by saying, And speaking of kindness, at this moment, my thought naturally goes to dear Pope Emeritus Benedict, who left us this morning. We are moved as we recall him as such a noble person, so kind, and we feel such gratitude in our hearts, gratitude to God for having given him to the church and to the world. Gratitude to him for all the good he accomplished and above all for his witness of faith and prayer, especially in these last years of his recollected life. Only God knows the value and the power of his intercession of the sacrifices he offered for the good of the church. And with me today to help us give tribute to Pope Benedict XVI is Jesuit priest, Father James Kubicki. Good morning, Father James. Happy New Year and uh, great to have you with us today. Good morning, Marie. Happy and blessed New Year to you and to all our listeners as well. Well, as we put together our thoughts for the month, we were going to be talking about saints, but I wanted to have us open this first conversation and really talk about Pope Benedict XVI in honor of him and obviously to pray for him and his soul. Uh, It was just a couple of days before his passing that Pope Francis invited us to all pray for Pope Benedict. I remember a few messages that went out to, we knew his health was declining at the age of 95. And so I think maybe that was a great way of grace for us to continue to pray for him and then his passing on the 31st of December. Give us a a little insight uh, for your own perspective in your vocation, in your ministry, just maybe some of the ways Pope Benedict has been part of your own vocation. Well, he certainly was a great inspiration to me. You know, when I recently read uh, Peter Seawald's uh, two-volume biography, which he completed in the year 2020. And so uh, I'm sure there will be a a third volume that will speak a little more about uh, the last years, the last couple years of of Pope Benedict XVI. But it it was really enlightening to read that biography. And what came through so often was his humility, that he wanted to be very much a scholar. And he had asked Pope St. John Paul II several times if he could leave his position as prefect of the Congregation of the Faith in order to uh, go back to being a scholar, to reading and writing. And um, Pope John Paul said, no, I need you in this position. And so he he was certainly somebody who was very humble. And uh, I think many people misread him. They thought that perhaps he was, you know, they called him um, the a papal Rottweiler or that, you know, he was uh, this 
angry or very power hungry person, just the opposite. He very much loved playing the piano and he loved cats. Um, there was even a child's book written about him and, and his cat. And he would walk to work when he worked at the congregation for the doctrine of the faith. He would walk to work and people would recognize him and he would recognize them. He would say hello to them. Um, so he was a very humble, um, I think, a, a people-oriented person, though he was very shy and introverted. Uh, he also had a deep love for his family and for people. And I think what, what touches me the most is in many of the homilies and documents that he had written, some of the post-synodal apostolic exhortations, uh, he, he really, I think, addresses people in a way that uh, can engage them. I think many people thought of Pope Benedict as somebody who was a scholar, and so he was writing above their heads, and they would not be able to understand them. I, I've talked to some people who said they found St. John Paul II maybe harder to understand. But Pope Benedict, I think, had a knack for bringing uh, the truths of our faith and the scriptures down to earth and, and speaking to people where they were at. And so he certainly uh, spoke to me. During the years that I was the um, Apostleship of Prayer Director for the United States, uh, I was in that position from 2003 to 2017. And so I, I was able to observe him a little more closely as we would get the monthly prayer intentions for the Holy Father. And I loved sharing those with the world and including some of the things Pope Benedict would have about the particular intentions that we were praying for. So I always felt invited into his life and into his thinking through the prayer intentions that he gave us. Yeah. I'm talking with Father James Kubicki, Jesuit priest, and we're reflecting upon the life of Pope Benedict XVI, who passed on December 31st. 2022, and we begin this new year, really holding him in prayer. It reminds me, uh, Father James, about the, the power of our prayers, but particularly at the passing of a loved one, the prayer for our deceased and our faithful departed. You know, every Sunday Mass, we come together and we have these prayers of the faithful, but particularly for the souls who have passed. And maybe some people don't understand that, but I, as a, as a convert to the Catholic Church, I've come to really appreciate the power of prayer, particularly for those who have gone away, uh, who have passed. Give us a sense of that power of our prayer and particularly for our loved ones who have died. Well, one of my favorite um, writings of Pope Benedict was Spe Salvi, his second encyclical about hope. And in there, he talks about how our lives are connected to one another, and no one lives alone, sins alone, or does works of charity alone, or prays alone, that we're very much connected through the human family and in the body of Christ. And so he said, when our loved ones pass from this life to the next life, they leave time, but we remain in time. They enter eternity, we remain in the world. And he says, it's never too late to pray for someone who has died. Uh, that our prayers accompany them into eternity. And so I think, especially thinking and, and gratefully of the life of, of Pope Benedict and how uh, he led our church during difficult times, that we not only pray in gratitude for his life and his service of the church, but also to ask the Lord to purify anything that may have stood in the way of his 
seeing the Lord face to face, um, because um, Pope Benedict would have been the first to admit that he too needed the sacrament of reconciliation and that he needed to bring to the Lord himself as he was to be purified, to be forgiven. And so our prayers at this moment can, can help in that process. I, I read that his dying words were very simple. I love you, Jesus. And so we have to imagine as he passed from this life to the next that he would have met the Lord and the Lord would have invited him good and faithful servant, come into the kingdom that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But as he crosses that threshold, our prayers can, as it were, be air under his wings that lift him up and purify anything that uh, is a residue of sin from his past or any baggage that he may have carried into the next life. Absolutely. Our prayers are so important. And again, what I see this is, Father James Kubicki, is this this unifying that all around the whole globe, we are praying. We are praying as a people of faith for Pope Francis and now for Pope Benedict XVI, that he receive his um, his reward in heaven. And so we pray for his intercession for sure. You know, before we close this conversation, I just want to ask you about, you know, Pope Benedict and his connection with the Holy Eucharist, because I know for me, I really became a, a lover of adoration of the Blessed Sacrament through the example of Pope Benedict. Well, if I, if I were to recommend to our listeners, if you want to read something really good for this year in which our bishops have called us to revive our belief in the Eucharist and the impact it has in our lives, would be to read a, a document called Sacramentum Caritatis, which he wrote after the Synod of Bishops uh, that uh, reflected on the role of the Eucharist in our lives. And I use it in, in parish missions that I'm giving now um, in because Pope Benedict said, the Eucharist is a mystery to be believed, celebrated, and lived. And I, I think it's so important that we renew our belief in the Eucharist because that affects the way we celebrate. And then both our belief and celebration affect how we live the Eucharist. That is not just something we do on Sunday, but it's something that we take into our daily lives. So Sacramentum Caritatis, the Sacrament of Charity, Sacrament of Love, uh, is really great work that can help us during this time of Eucharistic revival. Mm, so beautiful. Well, thank you, Father James, for spending some time with us today. Again, we want to invite our listeners to continue to pray for the eternal rest of Pope Benedict XVI, and we will certainly keep him and our Holy Father, Pope Francis, in our prayers. And with that, Father James, would you help us close with a final blessing and prayer? Certainly. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life you give us for this new year, for the life of Pope Benedict. We ask your blessing upon him as he has passed from this life into the next, that he may be at peace. And we ask you to bless all of us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father James, and have a blessed new year. You too, Dina Marie. Goodbye. And it is 725 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you back on this Tuesday, our first show in the new year 2023. But it is still Christmas time, and we have some wonderful Christmas resources on our website. If you go to materdayradio.com, you can also find them through the Hail Mary Media app. We still have up our Feast of Our Lady calendar, wonderful Marian Feast Day calendar that's there. We also have podcasts and shows, Christmas shows, so lots of good Christmas. Christmas resources that you can check out 
on our website. Again, that is at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. Hi everyone, this is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mater Dei Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 727 at Mater Day Radio. Well, a very scary moment on Monday Night Football last night. We'll have the story for you in the news. And the world remembers Pope Benedict XVI. I have the latest on funeral plans as well as a mass offered right here in the Archdiocese of Portland. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Chris Bray and In the Name. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend, right here at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. We gather in your name. We've come your Lord to pray. Oh, lead us God, we know you seek us, conform us to your way. Won't you set us on fire? In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son.
is Chris Bray and In the Name. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news today, a statement from Archbishop Alexander Sample on the death of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI is now up on the Archdiocese webpage. It says, I am profoundly saddened by the passing of Pope Emeritus Benedict. I personally have such deep love and esteem for him. He named me Bishop of Marquette and transferred me here to Portland just before his resignation. I greatly appreciated his prowess as an eminent theologian and scholar, a real teacher of the faith. His first encyclical Deus Caritas Est, in my opinion, one of the greatest ever written. I especially appreciated his liturgical scholarship and attention to the sacred liturgy. I had several conversations with him about that over the years, which I treasure, and I had the chance to meet him several times over the years. He granted me a private audience about one year after his resignation, and it was a conversation that I will never forget. I had the opportunity to thank him for all that he has meant to me. Above all, I respected his profound humility and gentleness. And in closing, Archbishop Sample said he was a man of deep prayer and spirituality. I will miss him dearly and now ask for his prayers of intercession. Now, Archbishop Sample will celebrate a mass for the repose of the soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception on Thursday, January 5th at 5.30 p.m. All priests of the Archdiocese are invited to celebrate and all the faithful invited to attend. Wow, how special would that have been? Archbishop Sample getting to meet privately. Right. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that is. And, and also, you know, on the webpage of uh, Christ the King, uh, Monsignor John Sayek yeah. also had posted some pictures of his time at the Vatican mm. and serving with Pope Benedict right. also. Well, if you were watching Monday Night Football last night, you saw a very scary and just really a heartbreaking moment. 24-year-old Buffalo Bill safety DeMar Hamlin is in critical condition in the hospital after suffering cardiac arrest when he collapsed mid-game against the Cincinnati Bagels, his team said. Hamlin's heartbeat was restored on the field, and he was taken to a Cincinnati hospital. The NFL postponed the game, saying details on next steps would come at an appropriate time. It all happened after Hamlin was involved in a hard tackle with the Bengals' wide receiver, he got up and then fell back to the turf. Athletic trainers immediately responded. The entire Bills' sideline surrounded Hamlin as he was receiving care. 
players on both teams were visibly upset as they consoled one another. How frightening. Uh, I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen something like that. You've seen people injure themselves yeah. in, in bad ways, but to have that kind of a internal injury, how frightening. Yeah, I, I wasn't watching the game, but I had turned over and kind of caught it right when they were uh, talking about postponing the rest of the game. And you could tell that this was something different just by how visibly upset mm. the other players were because they obviously saw what was happening close up. And so, yeah, wow. so pray prayers for... Absolutely, uh, a, a return yeah. to full health for yeah. him and for support for his family yeah. at this time. No doubt. Well, a suspect in the slaying of four University of Idaho students was arrested in Pennsylvania, authorities said over the weekend. Brian Kohlberger, 28 years old, a resident of Pullman, Washington, was apprehended in Albrightsville in northeastern Pennsylvania, about 2,500 miles from the Idaho campus. He'll be charged with four counts of first-degree murder and burglary for allegedly breaking into the Moscow-Idaho home with the intent to commit a felony, authorities said. DNA evidence played a key role in linking the murders to Kohlberger. Now, prosecutors said investigators were still in need of more information and pleaded with Idaho residents to come forward with anything they know about Koberger. Monroe County Chief Public Defender in Pennsylvania, Jason Labar, said his client plans to tell a judge in Pennsylvania that he will waive his extradition hearing so that he can be quickly taken to Idaho. Well, 3M has announced that it will phase out the manufacturing of so-called forever chemicals and try to get them out of all of their products within two years. The announcement comes following a move by the Environmental Protection Agency to designate several of the chemicals used in nonstick frying pans, water-repellent sports gear, stain-resistant rugs, cosmetics, and countless other consumer products since the 1940s as hazardous substances under the Superfund law. 3M said its decision was based on multiple factors to eliminate the presence of chemicals in the environment. Studies have shown chemicals such as PFAs can accumulate and persist in the human body for long periods of time and may lead to cancer and other health problems, including damage of organs, including the liver, kidneys, and thyroid gland. Well, officials are investigating after reports of possible rat poison mixed with dog treats that were found along a trail at Mount Tabor. Pet owners visiting the popular Portland Park say the find comes quite a surprise. For some residents, a walk through Mount Tabor is part of their daily routine. Now, local clinic at Mount Tabor Veterinary Care first posted the incident to Instagram after one of their clients made the fine, spotting what appeared to be pink pellets similar to some rat poison pellets mixed in with dog treats and pine needles along the trail. Portland Parks and Recreation told Coin 6 News after Mount Tabor Veterinary Care reached out to them on Thursday, they immediately sent ragers who found the treats and an unknown substance and removed whatever they could find. Parks and Rec say park rangers contacted Portland police after they found the treats and pellets and filed a report. That's horrible. That is terrible. Wow. That's just a, a reminder, I think, especially right now until they come out to a conclusion. Yeah. Keep your dogs on a short leash right. if you are walking through there and uh, don't let them uh, get into yeah. anything like that. 
Well, in sports, a couple pluses for the Portland Trailblazers last night at the Moda Center. Not only did the Blazers cruise to a 135-106 win over the Detroit Pistons, Portland also caught its first look at Gary Payton II. Payton, the son of NBA and Oregon State legend Gary Payton, saw his first action of the season after spending five months recovering from off-season core muscle surgery. Payton's debut had been delayed numerous times because of reincurring soreness, and he held off returning until he felt he could play without discomfort. Now, Payton played six minutes in the first half and seven in the second, finishing with seven points, four assists, two rebounds, one steal, and two turnovers. He made three of four shots, including one three and a dunk off of one of his steals. Blazers now hit the road for a game at Minnesota tomorrow evening. So, you know, they traded for him. Okay. They acquired him from the Golden State Warriors. And so they were really looking forward to to Peyton being a Blazer. Then he had the injury, but he's really known as a defensive specialist, just like his dad it was oh. as well. So it be interesting to see as he gets more incorporated into the team how that's really going to help the Blazers down the road. Well, it didn't sound like he had too bad of a game no. at all. Good start. Well, Pope Emeritus the 16th, Pope Benedict, passed away. He's 95 years old, leaving behind a legacy of deep Catholic thought that gave rise to a multitude of influential religious writings and monastic musings. Now, Alatea.org writes that he was a man of many talents and a polygot. David, we talked about this polygot, before. Okay. A polyglot, who means he was fluent in German, English, Spanish, Italian, and French. Wow. He was also proficient in Portuguese, Greek, Hebrew, and of course, Latin. There is also, however, a universal language of which Pope Benedict was a lifelong student and lover. The, mu- the language of music. Nice. You would like this yeah. a lot. While he rarely performed in public, Pope Benedict XVI was a pianist who, who loved playing for his own enjoyment. And according to the Catholic Education Research Center, his preferred instrument was an old brandless piano that he acquired shortly after his ordination. And even as pontiff, he never relinquished this old instrument, even going so far as to suggest he liked playing on it better than the high quality Steinway (laughs) in the Papal Palace at Castel Gandolfo. Well, According to the National Catholic Register, Mozart was the Pope's all-time favorite composer with J.S. Bach, not far behind. Now, on the Mozart side, he noted that the clarinet quintet, coronation mass, and requiem mass stand as some of his favorites, with the requiem mass being the first concert that he ever attended. And on the Bach side, Pope Benedict went purely liturgical, citing the composer's Mass in B minor and, of course, St. Matthew's Passion. And it is said that Pope Benedict particularly liked to listen to Mozart while reading the works of St. Thomas Aquinas. Very nice. I wonder if we'll hear any of that music Mm -hmm. in the weeks to come. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, this Thursday at 7 o'clock is the blessing of Epiphany Water at Holy Rosary Church here in Portland. On the eve of Epiphany, Holy Rosary invites all to bring their own jugs of water 
for a traditional blessing of Epiphany water. Participants are encouraged to bring enough water to last them through the year. And of course, remember on Thursday, January 5th at 530 is the Mass at St. Mary's Cathedral for Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. All priests of the Archdiocese are invited to celebrate and all of the faithful invited to attend. And remember, you can uh, find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and of course, the Hail Mary media app. And you're going to hear about the legacy of Notre Dame's Father Hesburgh. That's right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Hello, this is Father Peter Julia, the Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Join me in praying the Memorare. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my Mother. To you do I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, please download the free Hail Mary Media app or visit us online at materdayradio.com. We are leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors, a clear path to financial freedom. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors helps business owners exit their business and retire with financial security. Information on how to get started with the business exit strategy plan and scheduling a no-cost consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. I am Father Cedric Bizania. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. And it is 7.44 at Mater Day Radio. It's going to be kind of a showery day today. High of 44 degrees, 60% chance of rain tonight, low of 36, and then a 50% chance of rain for Wednesday with a high of 41. Currently, it is 38 degrees at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Portland. And 32 degrees at St. Mary's Church in Eugene. You know, anyone familiar with the history, Catholic higher education, and the University of Notre Dame? Well, even our Holy Cross priests, well, they'd be familiar with the name Father Ted Hesburgh. Father Ted wholeheartedly embraced his role as a pastor to the Notre Dame community, 
He counted the day of his ordination to the priesthood as the happiest in his life. Well, in a new book edited by Todd Ream, Come Holy Spirit, Spiritual Wisdom from Father Ted Hesburgh reveals the spirituality intimately connected to the daily life of Father Ted. And Todd is joining me this morning to share more details into this incredible figure. Good morning, Todd. Thanks so much for joining the Morning Bled. Morning. It's a pleasure to join you. Well, Todd, Father Theodore Hesburgh, president of the University of Notre Dame, 1952 to 1987. That's 35 years. That is a pretty impressive tenure for the life of a university president. You know, what was the impact during those years that really led to the growth and the popularity of the university? Yeah, it's it's that he had a vision uh, that he believed in, that he believed was uh, put on his heart and his mind uh, by God for what the University of Notre Dame could become in service of the church, uh, the United States, and the world. It's become a global uh, community, an educational leader. And it's that vision uh, that he never wavered from over the course of his 35-year presidency, uh, that the that a truly great research university uh, was not also mutually exclusive from being a truly great Catholic university, that the two could be one and the same. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, I mean, not only is that tenure long and 35 years, um, I wouldn't dare another university president in this day and age to try to do that. I wouldn't wish that on any of them. Um, but it arced over the tumultuous period of time that was the mid to late 1960s into the early 1970s when university presidencies were turning it over at an even more rapid rate than they currently are. Well, well, on campus, of course, his memory is known. He is in every building, every thought, every planning uh, for the university. But his impact off campus was just as huge. Just a quick Google search, Todd. You would see pictures of him with U.S. president, civil rights leader. I mean, he was a very formidable person. And and to to his credit, they were not issues that he would say he had any formal preparation uh, to tackle prior to being asked to do so. So a familiar theme that you'll find in his writings uh, and in conversations that are recorded that he did is when asked, for example, to serve on the National Science Board. I don't know anything formally about science, uh, but what he did know was he was a great student of theology and theology teaches you how to learn other things and how to properly order those other things uh, that need to be understood in great detail. And he also believed theology had a message. So it wasn't just the ordering principle, but it was the message that it would bring and ask particular questions. So regardless of whether it was nuclear nonproliferation, civil rights, uh, the refugee crisis in Southeast Asia, all of these uh, were areas in which he could make a great contribution uh, because he knew how to learn and he believed that theology had something to say to those uh, issues. Todd Ream is joining me today. He is one of the co-editors of a new book out by Ave Maria Press, Come Holy Spirit, Spiritual Wisdom from Father Ted Hesburgh. 
Well, Todd, you know much about this book. You were intimately involved in its editing. You also have other books written about Father Ted. Well, let me ask you this. Did he ever share in his speeches or writings that there was a part of his career involvement, either in the school or in secular culture, that he said, you know what, looking back on my life, this was the thing that I am the most proud of. Yeah, I think actually it came in his service very early in his career uh, in what was called Vetville. Uh, Vetville at the time, so this would be in the mid to late 1940s, he'd recently returned to the University of Notre Dame and was beginning his service, was a community that was established for veterans of the Second World War who were returning to school now, a number of whom were married and a number of whom had children. And Father Ted was assigned uh, at that time. He was a he was a faculty member in the theology department, uh, sort of by day. But by night, he was you know their parish priest, uh, and did an extraordinary number of things uh, while he served in that capacity. Uh, they didn't have really sufficient housing for him, so he found a a way to have Quonset huts, as they were called. Uh, that were in surplus after World War II, moved to the South Bend campus from Missouri, where they were in storage, uh, to to increase the fund, including a social hall uh, where they would hold Friday evening dinners and gatherings and dances and these sorts of things. So he learned how to do something like that. Uh, He also, you know, when you have a number of young and married couples living there, they're going to have, they have children. And so he had to learn something about the Uh, the availability of obstetric care in the South Bend area and making sure that uh, those couples, and in particular the wives, were receiving the care uh, that they deserved to receive uh, as they were preparing to deliver children and then while they were delivering children as young mothers and then as young families and was an advocate for them too. Not something that he he studied when he was studying theology or going through the formation process for for the priesthood. But he talked with greatest passion uh, and pride about those years. And those uh, individuals that he served at that time were probably some of the most devoted to him, too. Some, And unfortunately, we're losing a lot of them right now mm. uh, as the years have rolled on. But those connections stayed uh, over the course of, of their lives, and they stayed in his heart through the course of his life. Well, Todd, it sounds like to me in the stories that you're sharing, whether uh, Father Ted was the president of a university, whether he was meeting with uh, John F. Kennedy or Ronald Reagan or Martin Luther King Jr., or whether he was meeting with people there in South Bend, veterans coming back, it sounds like above all, he made sure that his priesthood was apparent in every view that he took in, in meeting these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in most of the writings uh, that he has, when he's asked about the core of his identity, what defines him, he will always say, and this, I mean, it comes out in the first pages of his own autobiography, uh, God, Country, Notre Dame, uh, that he was a priest. Mm-hmm. Um, he remarked at one point in time, if there was anything that would be carved on his tombstone, that would be it. Name, optional, details of, you know, year of birth, et cetera, place of birth, death date, optional priest was mandatory in his regard, in his opinion, uh, because it defined who he was. Yeah. Um, and it made it possible for him 
to believe that he could make a difference in other areas because he was called to be a mediator of God's grace. And that uh, need knows no bounds. Uh, and, and he believed that. And it was nurtured by his daily practice of saying mass. And he lived it out until the day he died. Well, joining me this morning is Todd Ream. We are talking about Father Ted Hesburgh, and you can learn more about him in a new book that Todd has edited, Come Holy Spirit, Spiritual Wisdom from Father Ted Hesburgh. Todd, I have loved our conversation so much. Just getting to know Father Ted through your experience has been wonderful. I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue our conversation in the next half hour? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be glad to. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Well, you know, we're in the first of the year. You know what many people's New Year's resolution is? Decluttering. Oh, I've started the process. Absolutely. So maybe one of the things you'd like to get rid of is that old vehicle that's sitting there in your garage. Well, how about Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program? If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page. All the information is right there. It is quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you as well. It's Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Broadcasting the fullness of truth. This is Mater Day Radio. KBV in Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator, K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at materdayradio.com. It's hard to imagine the suffering Jesus endured before his biggest mountaintop experience, his crucifixion on a hill named Calvary. Jesus told his followers, before rising up with the resurrection, he must suffer greatly. Our sufferings may not involve being whipped, and we likely will only have an experience of being near death, but we have our struggles and sufferings. Sickness, financial stress, injury, broken relationships with family and friends are all around us. These burdens, like carrying a cross, may cause us to stumble at times. But as followers of Christ, we know that past Calvary is a mountaintop, resurrection-like experience of new life. As St. Paul said, our old self will pass away and a new self will come, and we will shine to light up the world. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. 
Information on our leadership circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend. It's a cup of joy with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, a popular actor is in critical condition after a snowplow accident. We'll have the details in the news. And turning on the lights or charging your phone? Going to cost a little bit more for Oregonians this year. I'll explain why right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Saint Genevieve was only seven years old when the Holy Bishop of Auxerre, Saint Germanus, was passing through the city of Nantes, France. Amidst a throng of people who had gathered to receive the bishop's blessing, this small peasant girl came forward and confided that she longed to dedicate herself to the Lord. Filled with affection for this little future saint, Germanus took the young girl to a nearby church and with the witness of the crowd, she was consecrated a virgin. A few years later, both her parents died and Genevieve was sent to live with her grandmother in Paris, where she developed a reputation for holiness through her prayers, acts of penance, and practices of devotion. At the age of 15, she met the Bishop of Paris and asked to become a nun. From that moment on, she prayed unceasingly and fasted from all food, eating only two days a week, a practice she maintained for over 30 years. Genevieve was respected and admired for her acts of charity and penitential life, which led her to perform miracles and even to prophesy. She also received visions of heavenly angels and saints. But when she began to share these visions and experiences publicly, the people started to turn on her, accusing her of hypocrisy and false visions. In fact, the people were so stirred up that they actually planned to drown her in a lake. But Bishop Germana stepped in and silenced those who falsely accused her. After this, she was appointed to look after the consecrated virgins of Paris, where she quickly inspired her fellow nuns towards greater holiness. Then in 451, Attila the Hun's army was marching its way toward the city of Paris. Naturally, the people were ready to flee, but Genevieve convinced them to remain in their homes where they should fast and pray, assuring them that the city would be protected. Miraculously, through her intercession and the prayers of the people, the Hun army suddenly changed course and left the city unharmed. Years later, Paris was besieged by the Gaul king Kilderic. Undaunted, Genevieve passed through the siege lines in a boat to a nearby city and brought back grain for the starving people. She then pleaded with the pagan king to spare the lives of his prisoners, and the king, moved by respect for her, granted the request. Genevieve's life was one of heroic virtue and faith that produced many miracles. When she died at the age of 89, a church was immediately built over her tomb. Even centuries after her death, Paris continued to experience miracles thanks to her intercession. The most famous of these occurred in 1129 during an outbreak of the burning fever. The sickness was ravaging the city and doctors were unable to stop people from dying. It was then that the shrine of St. Genevieve was carried through the city to the cathedral and anyone who touched the shrine during the ceremony was instantly healed. The fever stopped spreading and only three people died in the entire city. The patron saint of Paris, Saint Genevieve's life should teach us that with God, all things are possible, especially when dealing with things beyond your control, like an incurable disease or the threat of war. When it seems like all hope is lost, never underestimate the power of fasting and prayer. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Saint Genevieve, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to check out Mater Day Radio's Christmas resources, please download our free Hail Mary media app. That's at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. 
And in your news, Pope Benedict XVI will be interred in the Vatican crypt in the same spot where Pope John Paul II was buried before his beatification. Vatican spokesman Matteo Bruni confirmed the site of Benedict's tomb to journalists on January 2nd. The first day of the Pope Emeritus body was laid in state in St. Peter's Basilica. Benedict's death at age 95 was announced in Rome on December 31st. And Benedict's coffin will be carried to the crypt under the central part of St. Peter's Basilica for internment after his funeral mass on January 5th. St. John Paul II's tomb was in the crypt from the date of his funeral until his casket was moved to the upper part of St. Peter's Basilica a few days before his beatification ceremony. St. John the Twenty-Third was also previously buried in the same place, which is fewer than 100 feet from the tomb of St. Peter the Apostle, the Catholic Church's first pope. Now, the area is on the north side of the central part of the Vatican crypt. And on the wall above the spot, there is an image of the Virgin Mary and the child Jesus flanked by angels. Well, actor Jeremy Renner is recovering from surgery after suffering blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries in a New Year's Day snow plowing accident in Nevada, according to a spokesperson. As of yesterday evening, Renner was in the intensive care unit in critical but stable condition, the spokesperson said. The 51-year-old actor has so far undergone two surgeries to address injuries he sustained in the accident. So deputies found Renner injured and coordinated his transport to an area hospital, the sheriff's office said, adding that the actor was the only person involved in the accident. Sheriff's office did not provide details on how the snowplow accident happened, but said its major accident investigation team is looking into the circumstances. Renner has shared multiple videos and photos on his verified social media accounts showing him in snowy conditions, including one Instagram video posted two weeks ago in which the actor appears to be driving a snowplow. Sounds to me like he's very lucky. It sounds to me like that is the case, too. Of course, along with those Instagram posts, uh, he posted a picture of what the snow was like uh, there in the area where they were visiting. I mean, they had feet of snow. So no doubt that it was probably maybe a little difficult getting to him. But, Mm. well, how fortunate that he uh, was found quickly and was able to get get the help he needed and prayers for a fast recovery. Well, turning on the lights or charging your phone is going to cost you a little more for Oregonians this year. The Oregon Public Utilities Commission has approved a rate increase for the state's two largest electric utilities. The new prices for customers of Portland General Electric and Pacific Power went into effect January 1st. Now, Pacific Power is also investing in wildfire mitigation and passing some of those costs along to customers. The utility was sued in 2020 after the devastating Labor Day fires after victims accused the company of failing to power down transmission like in fire prone areas. Now, for a typical residential PGE customer using 780 kilowatt hours per month, monthly bills are expected to increase from approximately $114 to $122, about 7% more than in 2022. And for customers of Pacific Power using around 900 kilowatt hours per month, bills are expected to increase from about $91 a month 
to $111 a month. That's more a jump of more than 20%. The PUC noted that increases will vary from customer to customer depending on electricity use, and both utilities have programs that can provide discounts to low-income households. I guess I'm going to go home and turn the thermostat down. Turn it down. Yes, that's going right. to be more. <laughs> Heat your house. A little colder in the house. Well, the maker of the popular Fortnite video game will pay $520 million in penalties and refunds to settle complaints revolving around children's privacy and its payment methods that tricked players into making unintended purchases. Federal Trade Commission reached the settlements to resolve two cases filed against Epic Games Incorporated, a company that has become a video game powerhouse thanks to Fortnite's success in the past five years. Settlement consists of $245 million in customer refunds, $275 million fine for collecting personal information on Fortnite players under the age of 13 without getting parental consent. It's the biggest penalty ever imposed for breaking an FTC rule. Customer refunds will go to players who fell victim to so-called dark patterns, which are deceptive online techniques urged to nudge users into doing things they didn't intend to do. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, a suspect in the slaying of four University of Idaho students was arrested in Pennsylvania, authorities said on Friday. Brian Christopher Kohlberger, 28 years old and a resident of Pullman, Washington, was apprehended in Albrightsville in northeastern Pennsylvania, about 2,500 miles from the Idaho campus. He'll be charged with four counts of first-degree murder and burglary for allegedly breaking into the Moscow-Idaho home with the intent to commit a felony, authorities said. Now, DNA evidence played a key role in linking the murders to Kohlberger. Prosecutors said investigators were still in need of more information and pleaded with Idaho residents to come forward with anything they knew about Kohlberger. Now, Monroe County Chief Public Defender Jason Labar said his client plans to tell a judge in Pennsylvania that he will waive his extradition hearing so that he can be quickly taken to Idaho. And in sports, lots of college football bowl games yesterday, including the granddaddy of them all. Do you know what the granddaddy of them all is? Which bowl game? Uh, isn't it the BSC Bowl or no, whatever? that is incorrect. It's the Rose Bowl. That's well, the granddaddy of them all. But that doesn't choose the college champion, does it? I know, it? but it's just, it's been, it's... But it is the granddaddy. It's affectionately known as the granddaddy of them all. That would be the Rose Bowl. That always pits the Big Ten a team from the Big Ten against the team from the Pac-12, and in this case, that was Penn State, Big Ten, against Utah, Okay, Pac-12, and it was the Nittany Lions winning the game pretty handily, 35-21. to It was actually close. I think it was tied at the half, but then Utah lost its starting quarterback, Cameron Rising. He went down with a knee injury in the third quarter, and uh, Penn State kind of took it from there, and so uh, it ended up with... The Nittany Lions gets the win. Other bowl games yesterday, the Cotton Bowl. USC had a 15-point lead with four four minutes to go, and they lost. How does that even happen? It was amazing. I was watching the end of this game, and it was crazy how they ended up losing it, which included a safety in in, in this process. But, yeah, they ended up losing it 46-45 to to Tulane, the Green Wave. The Green Wave. They scored with huh. just a couple seconds to play. That and, is, and that's incredible. That's that's a tough loss. Yeah, that was a tough loss. Uh, LSU had no problem in the Citrus Bowl. This you don't see this very often in a bowl game. They beat Purdue 
63 to 7. Ooh. That is crazy. That's that, didn't see I think that they coming. covered the point spread I, there. I believe they probably <laughs> did. And kind of an emotional game. Mississippi State beat Illinois in the last second as well. Uh, Mississippi State playing for their late head coach, Mike Leach. Remember Coach Leach? Of course. Passed away a couple of weeks ago suddenly from a heart uh, heart attack, I believe, is what it was. And so they wore, he was, Coach Leach was known as the Pirate, and so they wore, had a Pirate flag on, oh, their, on their helmet. And, I love it. Uh, they ended up winning it too, so that was good. Well, today we celebrate in the Catholic Church the Feast of the Holy Name of Jesus. Now, during this Christmas, during this Christmas season, the Roman Rite celebrates the optional memorial of the Holy Name of Jesus on January 3rd. And this feast is placed roughly a week after Christmas to recall the circumcision of Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus receives his name at the time of his circumcision, eight days after his birth. And it says in the Gospel of Luke, And at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, historically, the Roman Rite has celebrated a variety of feasts to commemorate this occasion. For example, before 1962, January 1st was celebrated as the Feast of Christ's Circumcision. Furthermore, there was also a separate feast dedicated to the holy name of Jesus that was placed on a few different dates. And then during the 19th century, the holy name of Jesus was on the second Sunday after Epiphany. Then in the early uh, 20th century, it was moved from the Sunday between January 2nd and January 5th. So by 1962, the feast was placed on January 2nd, and after Vatican II, it disappeared from the Roman calendar, then reinstated in 2002 to be January 3rd, and that at the time, January 3rd was the closest date to January 1st without an obligatory memorial. Phew. Did you get that all I straightened out? I think I got out? that, yes. I think the, what the takeaway is today, January 3rd is the feast. Of the holy name of Jesus. Which reminds me, you know what I watched over the break? What'd you watch? I saw an episode, and it was on TV, because I always thought this was just an internet show, The Chosen. Okay, really? They, they, they had the episode of Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem. Really? Yeah, it was really good. Oh, see, I, I've got to look yeah. that up now. So many people have been raving about that show. Yeah, I'd, I'd never seen it before, and then I, I just saw it on the video guide, and it's like, oh, wow, I'm going to watch that. So, yeah, enjoyed it. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And it's running this Friday all the way to Sunday. It's the annual Archbishop's Discernment Retreat. This is a weekend of prayer, reflection, and conversation with Archbishop Sample for single men ages 18 to 50. Men interested in attending the retreat should contact their pastor for a registration form. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. And Brenda continues her interview on Father Hesburgh. It's right after the forecast. 
Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatraDayRadio.com. Get 2023 off to a powerful start with Matraday Radio's Hail Mary Media app. Make your resolution to grow closer to Christ in the new year, and we'll give you the tools to achieve that goal, including a huge library of audio, video, and text prayers. You could even set a customized schedule of your personal prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you catch a live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and access podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, there's unique features in our Catholic Lifestyle section, The Bridge, exciting local events on our interactive community calendar, and much more. Resolve to download it today. Just search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MatraDayRadio.com and follow the instructions. Make 2023 your year to grow closer to Jesus with the Hail Mary Media app. From Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 8.15 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we've got about a 20 to 60% chance of showers today. So I guess you can pick which one would you prefer, 20 hmm. or 60%? Well, it already rained this morning, <laughs> yeah. so. A uh, high of 44 degrees today, 60% chance of rain tonight, low of 36. And then we got about a 50% chance of showers for Wednesday with a high of 38. It'll be a little cooler tomorrow. Currently, it is 37 degrees at St. Mary's of Guadalupe Catholic Church up in Ridgefield. And 37 degrees at St. Joseph's Church in Salem. Well, I am back with Todd Ream. Todd is an editor of a new book on the life of Father Ted Hesburgh, Come Holy Spirit, Spiritual Wisdom from Father Ted Hesburgh. It is actually an edited book of his writings out by Ave Maria Press. And Todd is joining me today, well, to give us a little bit more insight into this wonderful book. Todd, thanks so much for staying with me today. My pleasure. Todd, on the back of this new book, it says this. Father Ted Hesburgh has been an important part of my life since 1971 when I came to the University of Notre Dame. He always gave me hope and direction with the power of prayer, courage to believe in my faith. Reading this book reminds me of his grace, 
wisdom, humanity, and unwavering faith in the glory of God. Well, that, of course, from the great Digger Phelps, former men's basketball coach at the university. Now, in this new book, will the reader learn more about what Digger is talking about in Father Ted's commitment to his faith? Absolutely. And that's part of the reason why uh, with Hannah Marie Pick and Father Jerry Ollinger, you know, I worked uh, to put this book together is to give uh, readers a sense of Father Ted's interior life, uh, how he understood himself spiritually, and how he sought to resource other people along those lines. Now, the things that catch the highlight, the you know, the highlights, are the things that he did often in the public square. You know, civil rights, nuclear nonproliferation, these sort of issues. You know, leading the university. But those things, as we've echoed already in our conversation, wouldn't have had the sense of order or purpose that they did to them if it weren't for that interior life. And so in order to understand him and to understand why he did what he did, it's essential that one understand that interior life uh, and his sense of spirituality. And that sense of spirituality is not simply just to provide insights to him and to the chapter in history that he was a part of. But they live, I think, in many ways uh, today, you know, that can be of service to all of us. Well, Todd, you've written other books about Father Ted Hesburgh. And then in putting this one together, was there an idea or theme that kind of stuck out in your mind when you ran across this writing and you went, oh, I think I know him even more now? Yeah, I think uh, it perhaps more just confirmed, uh, you know, sort of a theory that I had that I had been developing. Because again, you know, in order to understand somebody, well, you want to, with honesty and charity, wade into their life and try to figure out how they ordered it, first and foremost, you know, what was it that got them up in the morning, and help them commit to the things they did, share their time, their gifts and their talents in the ways they did. And he believed that he was a mediator, uh, he believed that he was called to stand between God and humanity uh, as a as an instrument of grace, and that the the way that we envisioned it uh, was just too narrow. Um, it starts with, and for him, it was the daily saying of mass again. I mean, that just jumps out consistently. Begins there, but the myriad of directions in which it goes uh, often, I think, is an inspiration to the rest of us uh, to think about how our own spiritual lives, saying of Mass, our baptismal calls, you know, direct us uh, and the daily paces of our life. So it's it, and the, you know, the, the being a mediator, it, it was different for lay people, but it was one of the things that he was as, as strong an advocate for as any. And so regardless of what one's, you know, calling professionally might be, the role of serving as a mediator was there and nonetheless present. Well, you will learn more about his interior life in the new book, Come Holy Spirit, Spiritual Wisdom from Father Ted Hesburgh. I encourage all of our listeners to check that out. It is offered through Ave Maria Press. Well, before we go, Todd, did you ever actually meet Father Ted? I did. I had the pleasure of meeting him on three different occasions. Uh, The first time was with a group of students. Uh, who uh, I was working with at the time. I was teaching a class called The Religious and Social History of the 1960s. 
So we went up and met with him uh, in part to talk about the civil rights movement and spent a couple of hours with him. And I'm optimistic it was one of the highlights of their educational career. Uh, because uh, I still, you know, when I talk to students from that generation, I still hear things about about Father Ted and the time they got to spend with him. The second time was when I went uh, with my friends, uh, David Riggs and David Wright, uh, to meet with him. Uh, he, Both of them are educators, faculty members, administrators, and Father Ted is obviously an inspiration to them. The last time was with my daughter, Addison, my older daughter, uh, when she was in fifth grade and she was doing a project on the civil rights movement. And she uh, had, I was just starting to collect information and material about Father Ted and thinking about uh, a, a sense of you know, a line of research on his life and his legacy. And they talked about the Civil Rights Commission. She asked, do you think he would meet with me? And I said, well, write him a letter. She wrote him a letter. Of course, as was his custom, anyone who writes him a letter, he wrote back. He graciously accepted her offer. And I think, you know, one of, as, a, as a proud father, I have to say one of the things I enjoyed the most was even though I'd met him twice before it, and I was there, you know, in the room when we were talking, it was inconsequential, I think, in general to him that I was there. He was there to talk to this young lady who had taken the time to write him a letter. And true to form for him, he was always fully present with the people who had asked for his time, um, whether it's a fifth grader, university president, a noted basketball coach, uh, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning professor, whoever was in his presence at the time got his full attention. And at that point in time, it was my daughter when she was in fifth grade. I mean, that's incredible. You hear stories about inability of any student to try to get a little time with the university president <laughs> for your daughter, uh, just a young fifth grader to be able to have his time and attention, I think speaks volumes as to who this man was. Well, Todd, this has been a great conversation. I've appreciated your time. This book is part of other materials that you have written about Father Ted. Where can listeners find more about what you have on Father Ted Hesburgh? Yeah, uh, so I have a I have a website where I've organized uh, the material and this line of research that I'm, I've done with him. It's toddream.com, just one word, T-O-D-D-R-E-A-M. Um, so there's details uh, on the books with all of the, you know, de tables of contents, endorsement quotes, et cetera, that are there. Um, and, uh, of, of course, Amazon catalogs anything and everything out there now, too. Uh, so that's available. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, uh, I'm hopeful that, you know, the materials, you know, that I'm beginning to work on here in relation to his life and legacy would be beneficial not only to students of history, but to students of history who also are looking to have their souls nurtured by, I think, one of the most impressive uh, leaders of you know, the 20th century. Well, fantastic. Uh, Todd, thank you so much for your time today and again for putting together this wonderful book about Father Ted Hesburgh. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Blessings to you and your listeners. Uh, to you as well. And again, that is Todd Ream. Now, he is one of the editors of a new book, Come Holy Spirit, Spiritual Wisdom from Father Ted Hesburgh. It is out by Ave Maria Press. Now, I will be sure to add links to the podcast of this interview that you will be able to get to Ave Maria Press to purchase a book for yourself and also to find more information that Todd was talking about on his own webpage. Again, those links you can find on this podcast, Mater Dei Radio. Radio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
And it is 824 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on this brand new year, 2023. Well, maybe one thing you can do this new year, if you haven't done so already, that is download our free Hail Mary Media app. Wonderful resources there. You can access our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune in to live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio. You can sign up for customized prayer reminders and so much more. That is Mater Day Radio's Hail Mary Media app. All the information about it is on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Lattes and cappuccinos may be tasty, but it's the morning blend with David and Brenda that will get your day started right on Mater Day Radio. It is 827 at Mater Day Radio. Well, a very emotional Monday night football last night. We'll have the details in the news. And the world remembers Pope Benedict XVI. I have the latest on his funeral plans as well as a mass offered right here in Portland. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Dana Catherine and Capable. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. You are the life in me. You are the air I breathe. You're keeping me
That is Dana Catherine and Capable. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. A statement from Archbishop Alexander Sample on the death of Pope Benedict has been posted on the Archdiocese webpage. It says, I am profoundly saddened by the passing of Pope Emeritus Benedict. I personally have such deep love and esteem for him. He named me Bishop of Marquette and transferred me here to Portland just before his resignation. I greatly appreciated his prowess as an eminent theologian and scholar, a real teacher of the faith. His first encyclical, Deus Caritas Est, in my opinion, one of the greatest ever written. I especially appreciated his liturgical scholarship and attention to the sacred liturgy. I had several conversations with him about that over the years, which I treasure. I had the chance to meet him several times over the years. He granted me a private audience about one year after his resignation, and it was a conversation I will never forget. I had the opportunity to thank him for all that he has meant to me. Above all, I respected his profound humility and gentleness. He was a man of deep prayer and spirituality. I will miss him dearly and now ask for the prayers of intercession. Now, Archbishop Sample will celebrate a Mass for the repose of the soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception this Thursday, January 5th at 5.30 p.m. All priests of the Archdiocese are invited to celebrate and all the faithful invited to attend. Uh, sorry, so Thursday evening. Thursday evening, 5.30 at the Cathedral. Well, if you were watching Monday Night Football last night, you saw, boy, just a very scary and emotional moment. 24-year-old Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin is in critical condition in the hospital after suffering cardiac arrest when he collapsed mid-game against the Cincinnati Bengals. His team said Hamlin's heartbeat was restored on the field and he was taken to a Cincinnati hospital. The NFL postponed the game saying details on next steps would come at an appropriate time. It all happened after Hamlin was involved in a hard tackle with the Bengals' wide receiver. He got up and then fell back to the turf. Athletic trainers immediately responded. The entire Bills' sideline surrounded Hamlin as he was, was receiving care, and players on both teams were visibly upset as they consoled one another. You could just tell that, that there's just no way they could have oh. continued with the game because the players just were, you know, after seeing what they saw, mm-hmm. they just, yeah. Couldn't, they, they couldn't, couldn't do, do more. Yeah. Wow, so sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they make up this game before the end of the yeah, season or gonna, is it a draw? I It's going to be interesting to say because these are two of the top teams. Right. And so their records, you know, sometimes if their records are meaningless, they just won't play the game. Okay. But in this case, I think the records and the gonna circumstances make a could make a difference. So. I think they probably will, but again, yet to be determined. Well, turning on the lights or charging your phone, going to cost us a little more for Oregonians this year. The Oregon Public Utilities Commission has approved rate increases for the state's two largest electric utilities. Now, the new prices for customers of Portland General Electric and Pacific Power went into effect January 1st. Pacific Power is also investing in a wildfire mitigation and passing well, some of the labor costs to their customers. 
workers. And the utility was sued in 2020 after the devastating Labor Day fires after victims accused the company of failing to power down transmissions like in fire-prone areas. For a typical residential PGE customer using 780 kilowatt hours per month, monthly bills are expected to increase from $114 to $122. And for customers of Pacific Power using around 900 kilowatts per month, bills are expected to increase from $91 to $111. You know what my wife always tells me? What's that? Put on another sweater. Put on another sweater. Yeah. Turn that heat That's down. Right. Exactly. Well, 3M has announced that it will phase out the manufacturing of so-called forever chemicals and try to get them out of all of their products within two years. The announcement comes following a move by the Environmental Protection Agency to designate several of the chemicals used in such items as nonstick frying pans, water-repellent sports gear, rugs, and more as hazardous substances under the Superfund law. 3M said its decision was based on multiple factors to eliminate the presence of chemicals in the environment. Studies have shown that chemicals such as PFAs can accumulate and persist in the human body for long periods of time and may lead to cancer or other health problems, including damage to organs, including the liver, kidneys and thyroid gland oftentimes if you look at frying pans and mm-hmm. the pack packaging you'll read on there no pfas okay yeah and that's what they're talking yeah, about yeah, they're talking about david you and i we often talk about cookware hands down my husband scott he is an expert at the um cast iron yes griddle i love it, it. it's easy yeah and and he manages nothing ever sticks we can cook all kinds of things in it it takes a little bit of practice but uh yeah that works perfectly well you yeah. said uh what do you ceramic uh well i we use or cast stainless, iron cast iron and stainless steel yeah. Okay. Yeah, a couple of those different types. Yeah, but I do I do have a ceramic Dutch oven, which I love. Okay. Yeah. That's I've a got great, one of those yeah, too. It's fun to cook in. Well, officials are investigating after reports of possible rat poison mixed with dog treats that were found along a trail at Mount Tabor. Pet owners visiting the popular Portland Park say the find comes as quite a surprise. Now, for some residents, a walk through Mount Tabor is part of their daily routine. The local clinic Mount Tabor Veterinary Care first posted the incident to Instagram after one of their clients made the find, spotting what appeared to be pink pellets, similar to some rat poison pellets, mixed in with dog treats and pine needles along the trail. Portland Park and Recreation told Coin 6 News after Mount Tabor Veterinary Care reached out on Thursday, They immediately sent ragers who found the treats and an unknown substance and removed whatever they could find. Park and Recreation say park rangers contacted Portland police after they found the treats and pellets and filed a report. Mm, Boy. Don't like that at all. That's that good. In sports, couple pluses for the Portland Trailblazers last night at the Moda Center. Not only did the Blazers cruise to a 135 to 106 win over the Detroit Pistons, Portland also got its first look at Gary Payton II. 
Payton is the son of NBA and Oregon State legend Gary Payton. He saw his first action of the season after spending five months. He's been recovering from off-season core muscle surgery. Payton's debut had been delayed numerous times because of recurring soreness, and he held off returning until he felt he could play without discomfort. Now, Payton played six minutes in the first half. He had seven minutes in the second. He finished with seven points, four assists, two rebounds, one steal, and two turnovers. He made three of four shots, including one three and a dunk off a steal. Blazers now hit the road for a game at Minnesota tomorrow evening. I think they have a three-game road trip now, so see how they do. Well, Pope Benedict XVI, he passed away at the age of 95, leaving behind a legacy of deep Catholic thought, gave rise to a multitude of influential religious writings and monastic musings. He was a man of many talents and a polygot who was fluent in German, English, Spanish, Italian, and French, and proficient in Portuguese, Greek, Hebrew, and Latin. There is also, however, a universal language of which Pope Benedict XVI was a lifelong student and lover. That language was music. While he rarely performed in public, Pope Benedict was a pianist who played for his own enjoyment. And according to Catholic Education Research Center, his preferred instrument was an old brandless piano that he acquired shortly after his ordination. Even as the pontiff, he never relinquished this old instrument, even going so far as to suggest he liked playing it better than the high-quality Steinway at the Papal Palace. Now, according to National Catholic Register, Mozart was Pope Benedict's all-time favorite composer, with Bach, well, not too far behind. Now, on the Mozart side, he noted that the clarinet quintet, coronation mass, and a requiem mass stand as some of his favorites. And on the Bach side... Well, Pope Benedict is, uh, went purely liturgical, citing the composer's Mass in B minor and, of course, St. Matthew's Passion. It is said that Pope Benedict particularly liked to listen to Mozart while reading the works of St. Thomas Aquinas. Nice. Wow, so some nice, mm-hmm. calming, beautiful liturgical music. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Something to add to your calendar, January 13th to the 15th is a worldwide marriage encounter experience that is happening at Our Lady of Peace Retreat here in Beaverton. Learn how God is calling you to more in your marriage. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, today is Tuesday. That means it is tech. Tuesday. Sarah Kinsey going to join us with an update right after the forecast. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. Dr. Christoph Brölsch passed away in his native Germany at age 75. 
Throughout his career, he was a pioneering transplant surgeon and one of the first to perform a successful living donor liver transplant. In the 1980s, Dr. Brelch traveled to University of Chicago Hospital, where he and other doctors theorized a way to take a section of a liver from a living donor and transplant it into a patient whose liver was failing. The first surgery was performed on a mother and daughter, where the child, only 21 months old, had advanced liver disease. Both the mother and daughter recovered fully. The surgery was repeated at that hospital and many others, saving a great many lives through the years. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Dei Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. And it is 8.43 at Mater Day Radio. Checking your forecast for today. Well, it looks pretty nice out right now. There is a 60% chance of showers as we go through the day today. We'll have a high of around 44 degrees. Then about a 60% chance of rain tonight, low of 36, and a 50% chance of rain on Wednesday with a high of 41. Well, currently it is, uh, I just looked at it and I forgot, it's still a very chilly 37 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church. In Vancouver. And it is 39 degrees at St. Matthew's Church in Hillsboro. Well, good morning, Blend. We are back from our New Year's break, as many people did. We had yesterday off, so it is Tuesday. It's the first Tech Tuesday of 2023. How about that? How about that? Yeah. And how about this? Joining us live in studio, <laughs> it is our digital media manager, Sarah Kenzie, to tell you a little bit about what is coming to your inbox today. Good morning, Sarah. Happy New Year. Good morning. <laughs> Happy New Year. So, Sarah, before we talk about the email, are you, uh, do you have a New Year's resolutions, either regular resolution <laughs> or maybe a Catholic resolution mm. that Miriam Marston had talked about last week? You know, we had so many great interviews with so many good suggestions, <laughs> but I, I have a hard time every year choosing one. Um, so, you're, so I feel a little, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to, sh- it's hard to share one. Um, I think for me, it's, it's less of a, specific resolution mm-hmm. and um it it seems the last few years it's been something that usually carries over from advent and for me this year it was a lot more silence um in my life so whether it's just turning off the music or the tv show in the background um trying to spend a little bit more time in prayer and and 
just being okay with the fact that sometimes it can be quiet while I'm doing things, which is really hard for me. Mm. Um, so that's, yeah. it, it's not super specific, but just trying to incorporate a little more um, of that silence and, and space for God to, to speak to me as well. I love that. I love that idea. I have an entire page worth of resolutions, but I think that's I'm going to take Miriam's suggestion and I'm not going to tackle it all at once. Right. I'm just going to do just a couple of things to start off the new year. One regular resolution. I'm going to start eating better again because I indulge as many people did over the <laughs> holiday. And um, I'm going to do one Catholic one. And then as the year goes on, if you know one ends, then I'm going to switch it to uh, the next one. So I think that's an okay that's thing like yeah. that. to do. I like that. Well, Sarah, again, Tech Tuesday, you talked just a moment ago about so many great interviews that we've been doing here recently, especially for Advent and the Christmas season and now the new year. One of those, though, is also about discernment. And we've got a great retreat coming up. In fact, this weekend, tell us about a visit from Father Peter Julia. Yeah, so I really loved this interview um, that you did last week with Father Peter Julia, who is the Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland. Uh, so we'll be highlighting that interview in today's email. And he just gives a preview into this weekend's discernment retreat for men discerning the priesthood. It's a retreat with Archbishop Alexander Sample. Um, and Father Peter also gave a great insight into the discernment process and how how long it can be, how many different phases it can have. And um, so it's great if you want to learn more about, you know, the process men go through as they're discerning the priesthood. I also love any interview that Father Peter does. <laughs> I always find myself reflecting on my own life and my, God's will for my life. And I feel like that might be the case for, for many of you if, you if you listen to this interview. He just has a way of you know, helping us all be open to what God's calling us to in our own individual lives. So um, I hope you all enjoy this interview. When Father Julia comes to the station, now he did that interview live. So he came after mass at the cathedral and then drove right over here and he was live on the air. He always manages to find time to spend with us here in the station too. I think it was about another hour after that, that we visited more. He just shared with us more of his insights and thoughts into things. Of course, when we have him here, we also never miss an opportunity to have him record some prayers for us. So right. download the Hail Mary Media app. You'll probably hear Father Julia on some of those prayers. Sarah Kenzie joining us live in studio today. She is the digital media manager. We have another great email hitting your inbox this afternoon. Sarah, you always highlight a show. Now, I'm excited to see this because we have... Fantastic shows here at Mater Day Radio, both national shows and shows that are locally produced. You highlight locally produced shows. We also have a fantastic digital link on our webpage and also on the Hail Mary Media app, Standalone Podcast. Yes. These are outstanding. And you're highlighting one. For this week. Yeah, so I, I wanted to remind our listeners, yes, that we have several standalone podcasts. David has the Sports and Entertainment on the Go podcast. Dina Marie has the Faith Moments. And then the one we're going to include in today's email is Michael Davies and his Common Sense on Social Justice podcast. And uh, Michael always does such a wonderful job making these big social issues um, into something that we can approach with faith and also take concrete action on. And um, in this um, episode, it was one he did for the new year. And it's 
resolutions to carry into the new year. Now, I what I really liked for me, as I said, I'm not super specific on resolutions. Michael is not a resolutions person, but he just gave about, I think it's seven different points, um, really more shifting your outlook into mm. the new year mm. about um, about you know, how, how can you approach um, the world around us? You know, simple things like the first one is seeing the people in front of you, really seeing them. And, and he ties that into kindness as being a fruit of the spirit, um, you know, being grateful um, to God um, and truly loving our neighbor, things like that. So it's not, you know, another resolution to add to your to-do list if you're already feeling overwhelmed by resolutions, but it's just a wonderful kind of fresh take, uh, a new kind of outlook to approach the year with. So, um, and, and a good opportunity to revisit this wonderful podcast that Michael has. Yeah, that's neat. I like that idea. Just one yeah, little bit one at little, a time. Yeah, exactly. And I'll say this, listen to Michael's you know, archive of shows, mm-hmm. because over the last few months, he has actually been going through the compendium of social doctrine that yes. was put out by the Vatican incredible information there and i'm not going to tell you it's easy it is challenging some of these things but so important but as you said sarah he breaks it down so easily that it's not these grand ideas to change the whole world Mm -hmm. just right where you are yes just do those things right where you are sarah and then lastly before you go with the passing of pope benedict over the holiday weekend boy there is some great information out there archbishop sample he was on the airwaves also That's right. So uh, we wanted to include a couple um, links in this email. Uh, One of them is um, last or yesterday afternoon's interview on Catholic Answers, where Archbishop Sample talked about um, the legacy of Pope Benedict, especially when it comes to the liturgy and and his own personal stories as well. I, I think I've been really moved to hear you know some of these personal stories from people like Archbishop Sample or Monsignor Syak, and um, it's just a wonderful way to um, really honor um, the legacy of Pope Benedict. Um, we'll also include some information on the Mass that you mentioned earlier in the show um, on Thursday at the Cathedral um, to pray for the repose of his soul. Amen to that. We will also keep him in our prayers and special intentions for Pope Benedict Emeritus the Sixteenth uh, in your daily rosary. Well, Sarah, off to a good start on this first Tech Tuesday of 2023. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you both. And if you are not receiving our emails, please sign up. You can find out the information on our webpage, materdayradio.com. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Please join me, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, and the listeners of Mater Dei Radio as we pray for the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in our battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, Cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, 
please visit us online at materdayradio.com forward slash prayer or call our prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's materdayradio.com forward slash prayer. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities program information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. We've got about a 20% to 60% chance of rain today, a high of 45 degrees. 60% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 37. And then uh, Wednesday, well, it could be a little breezy tomorrow too. 60% chance of rain, a high of 43, and just kind of a showery week ahead. So that's your first week of the new year. Currently 37 degrees in the Rose City. And it is still the Christmas season, so let's keep this celebration going. Closing out our show here is Chris Tomlin and Christmas Melody. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
That is Chris Tomlin and Christmas Melody. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. I like that. that you like fun. that double yeah. bass and I horns? Do. Yeah, that's very nice. It's David and Brenda with you wrapping up our first show of the new year, 2023. Got to remember, I keep wanting to think it's Monday, but it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday because of the holiday. Lots of people, I noticed a lot of people had that Monday off, all the bowl games you said yesterday yeah. too. So uh, I think it was like the official New Year's holiday It was, off. yeah. Since it fell on a Sunday, then they moved it to Monday. So we should do that every weekend. I like that. <laughs> we like that very much. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us. We have an amazing 2023 ahead of us with great shows from The Morning Blend. Have a very blessed day.